You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. What's happening here? A couple of things. The devil is enticing and the devil is deceiving. Verse six, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. In today's message, Pastor Danny teaches about the creation story and the initial sin committed in the Garden of Eden. Due to pride and lust, Eve was persuaded by the serpent to take the forbidden fruit. Here we are thousands of years later, still broken and sinful for the same reasons. Pastor Danny reminds you today that despite our sinful nature, God still loves us more than anything that he created. Think about it. He created the entire universe, and yet he cares about us over the vastness of creation. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Genesis chapter 1 as he begins his message, Creation, Sin, and Salvation. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the beginning, but it's not the beginning of God because God has no beginning. If your brain's not already hurting after that introduction, go chew on that. In the beginning of creation, the creator spoke and created the heavens and the earth. Sir Isaac Newton used to get harassed by his colleagues because he believed in creation and not evolution. So Sir Isaac Newton made a giant model of the solar system and invited some of his colleagues over to see it. When they asked where he got such a beautiful, masterful model, he said, just happened. Biologist named Edward Conklin, here's what he said. The probability of life originating by accident is comparable to the probability of the unabridged dictionary originating from an explosion in a print shop. (laughs) Verse 2, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And he separated the light from the darkness. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. What is fascinating about this first day, he creates light, but it's before he creates the sun, moon, and the stars. That's very interesting. 
Don't ask me to explain it. But Jesus did say, didn't he? Luke twenty-two fifty-three. Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. And there's this whole mystery in the creation before the sun, moon, and stars are created. There is darkness and then light, good and evil. Verse 6, and God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it. And it was so. God called the expanse sky. And there was evening and there was morning. The second day. Scientists uh, confirmed for us that there was once a time when the whole earth was tropical, kind of like Hawaii. And that's because of what we just read. This expanse of water above would have acted, well, it would have been like a protective canopy. It would have uh, shielded uh, the ultraviolet rays of the sun. Uh, that changed after the flood of Noah's day because, I don't know if you're aware, it didn't just rain. I mean, it deluged and, and, and everything fell from heaven and also came up from beneath. Now verse 9. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and gathered the waters he called, uh, the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And that's the first time we have in this chapter, uh, and you'll see it again, the, the according to their various kinds, or some translations, uh, each according to its kind. That's important, because we know from science that there are mutations within a kind. But there is absolutely no evidence, nor will there ever be any evidence, that there's an evolutionary change from one kind to another. Verse 12, the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. God saw that it was good. Verse 13, and there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. Don't you love that? I mean, five words. He also made the stars. Five words. That's all you get. Thanks for Louie. Thanks for Hubble. Thanks for technology. He also made the stars. Right. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. Verse 20, and God said, let the water team with living creatures. Can you say hallelujah to that one? I love that one. Let birds fly above the earth, across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teams, according to their kinds, grouper, red, gag, 
True Black, <laughs> Strawberry Rob, lots of grouper. Hogfish, Amberjack, American Red Snapper, Mangrove Snapper, Key West Grunt, the tourist otherwise known as Gray Snapper, Cobia. I got some Cobia in the freezer, 85-pound Cobia. And every winged bird, according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. Verse 24, and God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. And so you got the elephant, lion, and giraffe, and all these different animals, and they're all over the place. And you got the seas that are full of all kind of fish, and you got birds flying everywhere, and you got all this life. But we're not here yet. It's just God, the heavens and the earth, and now he's created life all over the place, above and on the earth. In verse 26, I hope you can appreciate this. Then God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God gave us dominion. And all you got to do is go, even in our cursed world, in a cursed state, all you got to do is go to a Barnes, Barnum and Bailey circus. And you can see the dominion that we have. It's amazing how we can train those animals. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. And that command we've certainly obeyed. Fill the earth, subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth, all the birds of the air, all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And so in the beginning, human beings... And the animal kingdom, we were all vegetarians. Some believe we're still supposed to be vegetarians, but if that's your belief, you don't know the Bible. I'm not saying this negatively. I'm just saying this as truth. Genesis chapter 9, just take one quick peek. Verse 1, then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying that they would be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. This is after the flood. The fear and dread of you will fall upon all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and upon every creature that moves along the ground and upon all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. And things changed after the flood. And the whole mosaic sacrificial system, something dying, so that we might live. And it's meant to teach us. Back in Genesis 1, 
verse 31, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. It was very good, but not for long. Chapter 2, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. Chapter 2 is a flashback and gives us now more detail. And I want to focus in on some particular detail. Verse 7, chapter 2, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. God formed him from the dirt. And so he's, as I've said before, a dirt bag until God breathed into him and he became a living being. Verse 15, chapter 2. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it, take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. The end of verse 9 tells us that God put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the middle of the garden. If I had been on God's board and I knew what was going to happen to man, I would have voted that you put that tree somewhere where we will never, ever see it. But God didn't do that. He put it right in the middle, right in the middle of the garden. Verse 18, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. Again, more detail now. Verse 19, the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field, all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, birds of the air, all the beasts of the field. That took some time. Adam got to name all the animal kingdom. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found in the animal kingdom. I hope every male here tonight listening to this will really appreciate that statement. There's no suitable mate for Adam in the animal kingdom. Praise the Lord. I love my dog, but not like I love my wife. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, and he closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And here's what the man said. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. I have a terrible joke. I'm going to tell it anyway. It's my own. It's my own. He looked at Eve. He looked at the woman, and he said, whoa, man. That's how she got her name. Whoa, man. Hey, listen. She's the most beautiful woman on the face of the planet. She's the only woman on the face of the planet. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. Paul mentions this in Ephesians 5. He says it's a profound mystery, this relationship between now the husband and the wife as they come together in holy matrimony. He says it's a profound mystery because it's to typify. It speaks of Christ and the church. The man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. They felt no shame because there was no sin. And then you get to chapter 3. 
Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. And most scholars believe that, you know, Eve's getting it wrong here because God just said, don't eat of it. Either way, the serpent now, and we know from Revelation that the serpent here is the devil. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. What's happening here? A couple of things. The devil is enticing and the devil is deceiving. Verse 6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. And why in the world all these years I've never seen this, I do not know. Somebody began praying for me this week that God would grant me the spirit of wisdom and revelation because I got a fresh revelation from that one verse. You know what it is? When she takes of this forbidden fruit. She sins in three ways. The lust of the flesh, it was good for food. The lust of the eyes, it was pleasing to the eye. And pride, because it was desirable for gaining wisdom. And every sin falls underneath one of those categories. And all three are here. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul writes, and he says, The woman was deceived. Adam was not deceived. Both are guilty. Both become sinners. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. I have no idea where we got the, the idea, where we got the thought that the apple is the forbidden fruit. We're not told what the fruit is, but I think there's evidence here uh, that it could have been figs. And you've got to be in a hurry, and you've got to be desperate. And I've said this before, we, I grew up uh, with a very large fig tree uh, in our backyard. Big fig leaves, and they are the most coarse leaf one of the most coarse leaves on the planet. They are not fruit of the loom <laughs> at all. They're desperate. They realize they're naked and they try to cover themselves with fig leaves. And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. What a crazy thing to try to hide from God. Hebrews 4.13 says, nothing is hidden from his sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. But the Lord God called to the man, to Adam and Eve, where are you? The question is for their sake. The question is for our sake. And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, this is fresh every time I read it, because it's still going on today. The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. 
He blamed his wife and he blamed God because he said, if you'd have given me a different woman, that's what he's saying. This would have never happened. You gave me the wrong one. Well, she's the only one at the time. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. All God's looking for from each one of them is a confession. That's all he's looking for is a confession. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, cursed are you above all the livestock, all the wild animals. You'll crawl on your belly. You'll eat dust all the days of your life. And I'll put enmity, that's war, between you and the woman and between your offspring, some translations seed, but it's a singular Hebrew word. It refers to a person coming from a woman between your offspring and hers and hers, her offspring, he the offspring that would come from the woman will crush your head and you will strike his heel. It's a reference to the gospel. I think I've shared that with you before. When you were placed on a Roman cross, they put a little ledge up underneath your heels. And in order to breathe, your heels would become severely bruised by you pushing up to breathe. It's the first reference to the gospel. To the woman, he said, I'll greatly increase your pains in childbearing. Any witnesses, ladies, to that tonight? With pain, you'll give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Those are negative consequences. You're going to look to act independently now of your husband, and he's going to rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, must not eat of it. Curses the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you'll eat of it all the days of your life. It'll produce thorns and thistles for you. You'll eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, and you'll eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you'll return. All those verses are the negatives of what's called the fall of man. So Adam named his wife Eve. We believe it means living, because she would become the mother of all the living. And then don't miss this last part, and we're done. So the Lord God made garments of skin. For Adam and his wife and clothed them. Doesn't tell us what kind of skin. My bet is lamb. My bet is lamb skin. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. What does that mean? Well, best I can gather. It means if Adam and Eve, after becoming sinners, had now eaten of the tree of life, they would have lived forever in their sin. And God doesn't want that to happen. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. And after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. None of this took God by surprise. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And he had a plan. And he tells us the plan in chapter 3. We read it. That there would come one from a woman. And this one who would come, who we know is the Christ. His earthly name is Jesus. His human name. He's Jesus the Christ. And he would crush the head of the devil and destroy the work that had been done here in paradise. But thank God, paradise will be restored through Jesus. 
There's more to discover from Pastor Danny's series in the book of Genesis, so be sure to tune in again next time to The Living Word. This book of the Bible is where it all began, the record of the first human beings to ever walk the earth. It's stories of hope, of promise, of heartache and betrayal, all surrounded by the love of God for His creation. He could have given up on the human race long ago, but He didn't. God knew that we'd fall. He knew that our sin would separate us from Him. And that's why from the very beginning, from that first betrayal, God revealed a plan for salvation. That plan included His Son, Jesus Christ, who would come to the earth to die in our place. Now you have the opportunity to be free from your sin. Are you ready to give your life to Jesus? We want to talk with you, so please get in touch with us. You can email us at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. We want to invite you to join us for church as well. Visit ccfstpete.church to get service times and directions. Not all of our on-campus activities are being held right now, so be sure to read through the latest updates at our website. Again, that website is ccfstpete.church. We're excited to meet you. That's all we have for today. Thanks for joining us to study through the book of Genesis, right here on The Living Word.